Welcome back to the Bristow's Made a Baby podcast, season three, baby number three. I am your host, Becca. I am here with my lovely husband, Matt. We are together pretty much 24-7 between working, parenting, our two little girls, making our 1800s farmhouse our own. And trying to live our best, healthiest lives. We are so excited for this new season of life and to bring you guys along the journey for baby number three. Let's go. Hello, friends, and welcome back. I am your host, Becca, and I am truly flying solo today. Um, Matt is not with me, nor do I have a guest on. Today, I'm just going to be chatting with you guys about my week 37 and 38, so really getting to the tail end of this pregnancy, and I actually have kind of a lot to share, some interesting updates, Um, just a lot has been kind of on my mind as far as pregnancy stuff. So this should be kind of fun to dive into. So week 37 and 38, basically super pregnant. And once you hit 37 weeks, you're considered early term. And then I think 39 weeks is when you're considered full term. Um, so I'm officially in the early term baby could come technically at any time but most likely won't, (laughs) Um, period, which is kind of fun. So it's always nice to get to this milestone knowing that, you know, when baby, if baby comes out now, they're going to be most likely totally fine. They are almost fully cooked. Um, Hadley was actually born at 37 and six days and she was teeny tiny, but she was super healthy and she was totally fine. So it's just kind of crazy to think that this baby really could technically come within these two weeks. Spoiler alert, they didn't. But (laughs) anyway, um, as far as symptoms go, something that has been coming and going um, and is was really kind of plaguing me in these weeks was just being uncomfortable at night as far as sleeping because of rib pain. So I do like prop myself up with lots of pillows at night, really prop up my belly, which helps a lot. But I mean, there's, there's just not much you can do about a giant belly. (laughs) Um, It's just uncomfortable. It just is what it is. And some nights are fine. I mean, I do toss and turn a lot back and forth on my sides just to try and stay comfortable um, because, you know, when I'm on a certain side for hours, it just, it starts, everything gets a little achy and um, uncomfortable. Um, but some nights I can pretty much sleep through the night minus some tossing and turning other nights. I am just like really in a lot of pain, especially in my ribs and it's just not very fun. Um, but luckily it's, it comes and goes. I think maybe it just has to do with like baby's positioning at the time. Um, but regardless, it's not every night. It's just, I'll have like a few nights stretch where I'm really uncomfortable and then I'll have several nights where I'm pretty much fine. Um, So the nights that I do sleep well, I'm just really soaking it up because I know (laughs) those days are very much numbered. Um, Still having some of those just rogue contractions where it's just this gradual tightening and then a gradual release. It feels like a contraction, but they're so mild where I actually have to like stop and fully focus on it. I'm like, am I feeling that? Yeah, okay, I'm feeling that. (laughs) And um, they're literally like a handful in a week. So nothing really exciting. Um, I've been having some heartburn and it's specifically after I eat red sauce. And I think it's actually specifically after I eat this certain brand, the, um, you have probably heard of it. 
um, at least if you live here in the U.S. It's called Rayos or Rouse. I don't know how to say it. I always say Rouse. I'm pretty sure that's wrong. I think it's Rayos. <laughs> um, it's a really good tomato sauce, like a jarred, like marinara sauce. Um, and we always like bulk buy it at Costco because it is a little bit more pricey, but you know, you can buy things at Costco for cheaper. And that's like our go-to jarred sauce that we use. But out of nowhere, every time I would eat it, I would immediately get heartburn. And that's just super annoying. Luckily, I haven't dealt with much heartburn in any of my pregnancies. I've been fortunate in that aspect because I know for some women it's so bad. Um, but this has really like, it's kind of been like a flare up of heartburn. Um, and since then I've had other red sauces that don't do that. So I don't know if it's just specifically that one, but I was like, okay, I'm swearing off this sauce and red sauce in general, but I've had red sauce since then and it didn't give me heartburn. So, but I'm avoiding that sauce because it's given me heartburn every time I've eaten it. Um, and I usually just take, there's a supplement. It's very helpful. It's a young living supplement. It's called alkaline. And anytime I have heartburn, it's like a little, um, you just put like a little, I think half teaspoon of water. It's like fizzy. It's like tastes like lemon lime and you just chug it down and it pretty much always knocks it out completely. Um, so it hasn't been like a huge deal because it's not terrible heartburn and then I can take the supplement and get rid of it. So it's like not the end of the world. Um, but anyway, just a symptom I've been experiencing nonetheless. Um, heparin going well doing my two shots a day um it's really not that bad I am pretty bruised up I'm bruising way more than I did with the Lovenox um but it's weird because they're actually like less painful they just bruise more I don't know um one thing one symptom that I haven't had since I was pregnant with Hayden um is I got a oh the Charlie horse from Hades. <laughs> so I got it in the back of my calf one morning. This is the first time all pregnancy I've had like any kind of muscle cramping issues. Um, if you do, taking like a calcium magnesium supplement seems to be the best um, course of action to help neutralize that. Um, and I do take magnesium. I take, I, it's not calcium magnesium, it's just magnesium, but then there is calcium in my prenatal and whatnot. Um, but I take that, the natural calm every night before bed. And maybe that's why I don't typically have issues because magnesium is really important for muscle contraction. So is calcium. Um, so anyway, I woke up in the morning and I was about to get out of bed and Matt was already awake. He gets up with the girls in the morning and I sleep in a little bit longer. Um, they usually get up between like six and six thirty, and my alarm is set for like six fifty every day. Anyway, so he was already up, and oh my gosh, like this pain came over me, and I could not control myself. I so when you get a Charlie horse, it's like I got it in my calf. Your whole calf seizes up, and if you move just the slightest, like if you if you like bend your foot or like squeeze your toes or try and move your leg, it like locks up again and it's the most it's just one of the most uncomfortable sensations it just feels so wrong <laughs> and so I I it happened when I sat up in bed I must have like bent my legs and kind of like was trying to hoist like get myself up out of bed and I must have like contracted my shins and the one shin just like or not shin sorry calf um the calf just like locked up and then I was kind of, I was kind of stuck in this position. So I was like half, I had like half sat up, 
but I couldn't, I couldn't move. Like I couldn't, I couldn't just like roll over to get out of bed because I had this giant belly. So I was just stuck in this position and I knew if I tried to move, like it would just be worse. So I just panicked (laughs) and I started screaming, like truly screaming, help, help me, help, help upstairs. Matt probably thought I was like literally dying. Like it was so dramatic, but I, I like, I couldn't help. I could not help it. It was just, it was a mixture of pain and then fear of like, I'm, I'm stuck in this position. I can't move. And I don't know how long this is going to (laughs) last. So by the time he actually was like, heard me screaming and then like sprinted upstairs, it had like started to subside, but oh my gosh, it just came over me and it was so intense. Um, luckily I haven't had any since then. Um, but man, those are tough. Um, so that's probably one of the bigger symptoms I had. Um, I've also just been some days I am so wiped out at the end of the day. I'm always tired at the end of the day. Like when we're putting the girls down for bed, going through the whole bedtime routine, I am just like counting down the seconds until I can just be off duty and rest because I'm just so tired and usually pretty uncomfortable by that point in the day. Um, but some nights, I mean, I am like beyond wiped. Like it's not just like, wow, I'm so tired. I can't wait to relax. It's like, I can't keep my eyes open. Um, and I will like immediately crash on the couch after the girls go down for bed and I like fall asleep on the couch cause I'm just so tired. Um, so I don't know, it's just an end of pregnancy thing. And it's not every day. It's just, it's just some days. So I guess maybe my more active days, Um, so I can just definitely tell that my body is like really slowing down and gets truly wiped out, um, more easily, which makes sense because I'm carrying around this child at all times. Um, I've also had some like period like cramping just kind of on and off comes and goes. It's not strong. Again, it's kind of one of those things where I have to like really like pay attention. I'm kind of like, Oh, am I, are those period cramps? Like, okay. Yeah. Those are definitely period cramps. I'm feeling them. Um, and also I've been feeling some like starting in week 38, especially, um, just like some tightening in my back. Um, I wouldn't consider it a Braxton Hicks, but maybe it is. I've never, I've never felt this sensation before. It's honestly made me like a little nervous. I'm going to have like back labor or something. Um, but I also feel like period cramps in the front. So I have no idea, but it's just kind of this like tightening that I feel in my lower back. It's not painful. So that sounds more like a Braxton Hicks, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I've never, I've definitely never felt that before. And it's just kind of like a new sensation and that, that just kind of comes and goes randomly. Um, I also had like one night. I had like some period cramping when I was going to bed. So I think that like got in my head and then I had a dream that I went into labor um, and I had this like really vivid dream of labor and then um, like afterwards, like vivid um, like visions, I guess, of like nursing a newborn. Like it just felt very real. Um, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl in the dream. It was like very vague, but Um, I was just like nursing a newborn. I had gone into labor. We went to the hospital, like the whole thing. So I think those, that cramping was just getting in my head. Um, but it hasn't ever been intense period cramps. Um, but I, it's definitely something that kind of catches my attention because when I went into labor with Hayden, 
Um, it, I went into labor on my own with Hadley, you know, I ended up having an induction. So it was very different. But with Hayden, um, I had period cramps like all day. Um, and again, they were very mild. They weren't bothering me in any way. I just noticed that they were there. They weren't painful, but I could feel them. And they were nonstop, like consistent all day long. And by like the time like we were going to go to bed, um, it kind of switched from cramping to like contractions. Um, so that was my start of my early labor was those, those um, period like cramps. So every time I feel them, I'm like, hmm, interesting. But they never stick around long. It's just like a little bit here and there. Um, and then another symptom, every once in a while, I get this random shooting like nerve pain. It's kind of like down my groin. Um, I think it's just like if the baby, like maybe like its head kind of bumps into my, I, th- I guess it's like lightning crotch, um, what people talk about, which I haven't really experienced this pregnancy until now. Um, but it's like really sharp and it's just very, very brief and it just kind of like, whoa, like catches me off guard. Um, but baby is definitely super low, still super low. I can just feel their head down there when I'm walking around. I feel the pressure in my like pelvic floor. I feel the pressure in my butt. It's just, there is a head down there. Um, and if they're kicking around, they like bump, like the head will bump me. Um, so they're super low, which is, you know, somewhat uncomfortable, but it's like, I'm happy about it because if it's, their head is low, it means, you know, they're in a good position, they're getting more engaged, and hopefully that will start to make some progress as far as my cervix starting to like soften and eventually open and all of that kind of stuff. So that's a good thing. Um, so some happenings this week, um, or in these two weeks, I should say. So one of the weeks when I was like 37 and a few days, um, was actually like the Young Living, um, convention, which I've gone to in the past. This is the first time in a couple of years that I was actually in person and obviously being this pregnant, like I knew I wasn't going to be able to go. Um, but one of my, um, good friends who also does like the Young Living business, she hosted like a little luau at her house. Um, and that was so fun because I got to get dressed up. I got to wear this like really cute dress that I actually bought to wear for our Hawaii trip. Um, sorry if you can hear my <laughs> toddler running around in the background. Um, but I bought the dress to wear in Hawaii. And it was like this beautiful, like total, like palm Hawaiian print dress. It was so cute and I was so excited to wear it. And I n- obviously never got the chance because we didn't get to go on the trip. Um, So I was just excited to have somewhere to wear this dress. It was so cute. And I was excited to like be able to wear it like with a bump. It wasn't a maternity dress, but um, it might as well have been like it it was perfect for uh, very bump friendly. And I was just excited to have the opportunity to wear that and to get dressed up and just like have a morning out with um, like some girlfriends just to like chat. And it was just it was just really, really fun. Um, And it was kind of like my last hurrah, kind of, it felt like, um, before this baby comes. Um, so the big giant major happening that kind of stopped me in my tracks, um, week 37, um, I got my GBS results back and I was, or am, I guess, GBS positive, which I was super not expecting because I was negative with both of my previous pregnancies and I just kind of like, I don't know, I just didn't really think twice about it. I just kind of like assumed it was going to be negative again. Um, 
So GBS is group B strep. And it's basically, it's a bacteria that can be, you know, colonized in your intestine, in your intestinal lining, in your, you know, GI tract. Um, but it can work its way down and actually be present like in the vagina. Um, so when the baby comes through the birth canal during birth, um, it, since that bacteria is present, it's possible that it could be transmitted to the baby. So typically what happens when you're GBS positive, um, the across the board recommendation is just prophylactic antibiotics. So when you go into labor, um, you get put on a drip, um, an antibiotic drip. And um, it's usually penicillin, I think, at least that's what my OB told me, um, unless you're like allergic, I guess. But um, so then that you are just on that until the baby is born. So I have a lot of thoughts about this. So one, I told you, this really caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting it. Um, and I was honestly like really bummed about this. Um, I'm sure there's women out there listening to this who are like, yes, I feel you on that. And then there may be others who are like, what, what, what's the big deal? Um, and I always feel like a little vulnerable when I take like the more controversial stance, (laughs) but the thing with antibiotics during labor, well, one, I am, I mean, you guys know, um, or maybe you don't, but I am like a very holistic person. Um, I'm by no means like against Western medicine. I mean, hello, I'm literally injecting myself with blood thinners every day. Um, I feel like there's totally like a time and a place for, um, for medicine and, um, like in those situations, like, you know, to make sure that I'm not like clotting up my blood and risking my life, I'm going to absolutely accept the medication and I will take it dutifully. But on the, like on the flip side, you know, I feel like there is sometimes medication like is absolutely overused. And especially when it comes to antibiotics, I am just very wary. I only want to take them if it's like absolutely necessary because it does have a huge impact on your microbiome. It's going to kill off a lot of the good bacteria Um, as well as the bad bacteria that it's aiming to kill, like GBS, um, in your gut. So that's not, you know, that's not great for me. But also, um, when the baby passes through your birth canal, they essentially get inoculated with all of the bacteria that is in your vagina. And like before that, their guts are essentially sterile. And that is really like the first... um, development of their gut is the bacteria they get from moms. And they, you know, with research, they started to see some like potential differences in um, like health differences and babies that were born via cesarean um, that obviously completely bypass the vaginal canal and don't get any of that bacteria um, from mom. Um, which is why now you'll see in, um, it's becoming more popular to do what's called, I think it's called vaginal seeding, something like that, where they actually like will swab the mom's um, vagina and like rub it on the baby's face and in their mouth after the cesarean to kind of help mimic what would happen in the birth canal. So when you're on antibiotics though, it kills off a lot of that. So for me, I'm kind of like, ooh, pros, cons, like what is the right decision? I'm honestly so conflicted um, because I obviously, of course, do not want to put my baby at risk at all. And um, I mean, I'm not going to go like super into it. You guys can do your own research if you find yourself in this position. But 
from what I looked at, there's about a one, or there's about a 50% chance that the GBS will actually transmit to the baby in the birth canal. So that's significant, 50-50 shot that they're going to get it. Um, but the actual chance of them getting like the GBS, um, like onset disease, or I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they can basically, they can get super sick from the GBS. This is a group B strep bacteria. Um, but it's about one to 2% of the time from the, from the research that I looked at. So the actual chance of there being an adverse outcome, um, of a baby being born to a mom with GBS with no antibiotics, it is minimal. Um, one to like a 98, 98 to 99% of the time, the baby's going to be fine. But of course there is that one to 2% chance that they won't be fine. So you have to kind of weigh that. And then, um, we don't really know, we don't have like exact statistics on like how much the gut, the baby's gut would be if impacted by the antibiotics. And of course it's all more like long-term in the future, less, um, tangible things. So, I was honestly just feeling so conflicted about this. And the other thing with GBS that is a pain in the butt is it's transient, meaning it moves around. So you may have, you know, it may be colonized in your gut and you may, you know, get the vaginal rectal swab, whatever done at like 36 weeks pregnant and it could be present there. But by the time you go into labor, it may not even be present in your vagina. So you might be like technically getting antibiotics for like literally no reason, um, as far as what I've seen. So that's a little tough. Um, and I had, I had known that I had known that it was like transient or whatever. Cause my midwife explained that to me in my last pregnancy. So they do actually have like a rapid GBS test where it will give you results in like an hour or two. Um, however, this is only ever used in circumstances. This actually happened to me when I was like a hospital transfer in my last pregnancy. I hadn't gotten GBS test done yet. Um, we were like going to do it that week. And then I ended up having to get induced like out of the blue. Um, so they did it to me while I was in triage and it, it came back like an hour later and it was negative. Um, so they do have that capability, but it's only ever used in like those circumstances where like a mom comes into the hospital with an unknown status. They're not just going to be like rapid testing everybody when they come in, which would be super nice. Cause then you would know like absolutely for sure whether the antibiotics are indicated, but that's just not how it works. And, um, because it's transient, like, so that's what we do in the U S we test at like 36 or 37 weeks or something. Um, but then like in Europe, they don't test for it. Um, because it is transient. You don't really know. They just do more of like a risk factor situation where, you know, if mom is, um, had like premature, uh, rupture of membranes, or if their water has been broken for over 18 hours, just in general, where you know, that puts you baby at higher risk for, getting the GBS disease, um, or whatever, they'll just, that's when they'll recommend antibiotics, but they don't necessarily know the mom's status. So it's just kind of different approaches. And honestly, so when I talked to my, I was like really thrown off guard by this whole thing. So I didn't like ask a ton of questions, but I do know that there's like natural things that you can do to hopefully like eradicate the GBS from your system. Um, and it's not a perfect science because it is transient. So like then maybe you'll test negative, but then that doesn't mean it's not, you wouldn't test positive later. I don't know. The whole thing's like a little bit confusing. Um, but there is natural stuff that you can do to like support your gut to like hopefully eradicate the GBS. 
Um, and uh, Wellness Mama has a really good like protocol on this that I remember looking at. Uh, Mama Natural has a really good post on GBS just in general, what it is and the risks and research and you know what your options are. Um, but anyway, I was feeling super conflicted about antibiotics um, and you have to be on it like they give you a dose every four hours so like if you're in the hospital for a long time like you're getting you're getting a lot of antibiotics um, so when I talked to my OBs about it you know they kind of told me that obviously they recommend it um, and my biggest concern was you know it's so important for a baby to get inoculated with my bacteria to help their gut development um, but if I'm just on antibiotics, like I'm literally just like wiping that out. Like, I just don't know if I can like totally get on board with that for like a one to 2% risk. And what my OB told me was, well, you know, we have different types of antibiotics and penicillin isn't going to kill off everything. It's just going to kill off what penicillin kills off. She's like, I mean, if we gave you like multiple different antibiotics, like we could probably knock out everything, but we're not doing that. We're just using penicillin because that will take care of GBS. It will also kill off other stuff, but it will, you know, take care of the GBS as well. So that was a little reassuring. Um, to be honest, I haven't really like looked into that yet, like to really deep dive on that and see like how penicillin actually affects and like what kinds of bacteria does it or does not. Um, because when I look at more like natural minded doctors and um, midwives, they are just kind of like, yeah, if you take the antibiotics, it's just killing off like everything the baby's going to get. So it's kind of two conflicting um, stances, which doesn't surprise me, but I'm just still trying to figure out like what is right um, or what is right for me, I should say. Um, but they also were kind of saying, both of both of my OBs said to me separately, because I was like, I mean, what if I have like really fast labor? Like you want me to get two rounds of antibiotics? That's eight hours. It's going to take eight hours. Like I really don't want to be in labor for eight hours in the hospital. I want to labor at home as long as possible. And they, what now, of course, your doctor may say different. And of course, all of the stuff that I'm telling you is not medical advice. This is just me kind of like talking through this um, for my own experience. But what my OB said to me, both of them said separately, like it's, it's still better for you to have, like it's, it's still, it's more favorable for you to have a quick, uncomplicated labor and birth um, and miss out on maybe getting like the full dose of antibiotics than it is to have this like prolonged labor where maybe baby's not in like the right position and it's just taking a really long time and for you to get all the antibiotics. So they were basically saying it's, it's still more beneficial for you and the baby to have a quick delivery and not get the antibiotics. I'm assuming because the, the risk is very low than it is to have a more complicated delivery, obviously, and have all the antibiotics. So makes sense. Um, but they were, I feel like they were just kind of saying like, just don't worry about it so much. Like, let's just see what happens. And that's honestly the what I'm taking from all of this. I am just fully putting my trust in God on this one. I don't know exactly how this is going to go. I'm just going to go into labor and I'm going to see what happens. Um, maybe I get the antibiotics if we have time at the hospital. Maybe by the time I get there, there's just going to be no time for it. I'm just kind of like, I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but I'm just going to accept whatever does. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, so that was the big kind of blow at the end of my pregnancy. It was just kind of stressful figuring that out and feeling like I had this like really weighty decision to make, but, um, I'm just going to kind of roll with the punches and we're just going to see what, see what happens. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, so that was the main thing. A couple other things. We had a maternity shoot, which was super fun. Um, we had a photographer come to our house and just take pictures of our family, which I'm so glad. I kept putting that off, but I'm so, so glad that we did it because we just got such beautiful pictures and I'm just so glad that we captured the girls in this stage of life with like really beautiful photos that we'll have forever and just with my big belly and I'm just so, so glad that we did that. If you're ever on the fence, just do it. I feel like photos are always worth the investment because you have them forever and especially if it's like a really special time in life. Um, so I'm really glad that we did that. Um, we also went to, as a family, we went to this like local theme park one day as like a last hurrah. It's called Dutch Wonderland. Um, Hayden loved it. She was just like living her best life. Um, Hadley was just running around everywhere, which is her living her best life. So that was really fun. Um, we're definitely like feeling that pinch of like, okay, these are like really our final days as a family of four. So we're just trying to, um, really make it count and soak it in while we can. Um, right after our fun Dutch Wonderland excursion, we all came down, um, well not right after, but like within the week after that, um, we came down with colds. First it was Hadley and then Hayden got it and then I got it. And actually Matt never did get it lucky for him, but it totally kicked me on my butt. You can tell I'm still nasally from it. Um, and for like two days I was like down for the count. One of those days I like couldn't even get off the couch. I just was really knocked out by, um, by this cold. I just felt really, really run down. Um, but luckily after that, you know, kind of life went back to normal and everybody was fine. Um, we're just getting over it now. Um, and then lastly, at the last day of my 38th week, I had my blessing way, um, which was super fun. Um, I've had, I've attended friends blessing ways, but I've never had one myself. I was going to have one last time, but Hadley ended up coming too early, but it's basically like a time for you to gather with like some really like key important women in your life, family and friends. And it's just, um, a time to kind of like celebrate this, you know, mom going through this new passage about to enter into this new phase of motherhood and have another baby or their first baby. And everybody, you know, made me like little birth affirmations and, um, or gave me prayers or, you know, just, it was like a really special time. They read poems and things like that. Um, just a great time just to like gather with some of my favorite women and just feel their support, um, and see them one last time before the baby comes. Um, and also just to kind of be like wrapped up in, their love and just feel very supported and um, just get some wise words as I kind of enter into this new phase of motherhood and as I have this impending labor and birth coming up. Um, so that was really beautiful. It was just at our house and my mom and my sister hosted it and it was really, really nice. Um, but yeah, so that was 37 and 38, 38th week in a nutshell. Lots of good, fun stuff, some not so fun stuff like Charlie horses and <laughs> GBS results. Um, but anyway, we are getting real close, man. We've got about a week left till my due date, which is so exciting and so crazy. And I am definitely feeling ready, especially after the blessing way. I really wanted to have it this time because we missed out on it last time. Um, so now I feel like that 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 is done. Like there's really nothing else planned to do. Um, my hospital bag's packed. 
I've pretty much done all the baby laundry and like all everything's washed and the diapers are out and ready and we pulled the bassinet down from the attic. So we're just kind of chilling now, which is nice to be in this zone because it's just kind of like, all right, there's really like nothing to know what ifs. What if we miss that or what if we don't have that ready? Or there's nothing to stress over really. It's just a matter of hanging out and enjoying these last few days. Um, so yeah, so I will be back next week, either with, um, maybe with a pregnancy update or maybe not next week if the baby's born this week. I don't know if I'll be able to get a birth story out that quickly cause I'll be a little busy, but, um, the next time you hear from me, I will either still be pregnant and chilling or we might have actually a birth story to share, which would be super fun. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and I will catch you in episode.